Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the official Tennis.com podcast featuring professional coach and community leader, Kamal Murray. Welcome to the Tennis.com podcast. I am your host, Kamal Murray. And what did we see last week? We saw the young boy, Carlito Alcarez, take out two of the big three in Rafa and Djokovic and one of the next three in Zverev on his way to winning a title in Madrid. We have not seen that that often. And if that's a sign of things to come, this young boy is about to dominate the tour and make a ton of cash. We saw Ange Jabour continue to show that she is worthy of a top 10 ranking, continue to blaze a trail for her country, use her variety to hide some of the potential holes in her game and drive people crazy. I mean, when you think about what makes her special, she makes you play the entire court, not just the back court, but also the front court. Congratulations to the aunts. This week, we were in Rome. And fittingly, we got a chance to sit down with Jasmine Pialini, a hometown girl, main draw of Rome this year. Let's see how she does. She talks about her journey, talks about her nationality, talks about her role. Um, to tennis and it's one we always hear um, it's really an unlikely story welcome to the tennis.com podcast i'm your host kamal murray and we are here with a lot of people's favorite player that you don't know and i won't name them but whoever listens to this they're gonna know that's my favorite player <laughs> jasmine pialini from italy yes so jasmine, the first time i saw you i was looking at you and i was like She's not Italian, she's black. Like the hair, the eyes, everything. And they were like, ah, I think she's got some, some black roots in her. So tell me about your roots and where you come from. Uh, my dad is Italian actually, but my mom is half Polish and half from, half from Ghana. So yeah, I'm, I'm half black. And yeah, you can see from my hair that they are very difficult to, you know, to, um, how is the straighten? Straight, yeah, it's so tough. And I have a brother. He's more more black than me. I'm actually I'm like white person. You like me? Yeah, but I I would like to be more like more like you. You know, I'm too white. Oh yeah. <laughs> so in America we call it red bone. Yeah. So so my wife is a red bone. She's like like a mix between black and Hispanic. Okay. And then she's like your exact same complexion. Yeah. So, but you know, there's like a section of people that like like red bones, right? You know what I mean? So this, <laughs> that's what we call it. So yeah. your so your brother's more brown skin. Yeah, yeah. Is he and I like player? his skin. Yeah. He's a tennis player. Yeah, yeah. He played tennis, but. Rela you, he's relaxing, you know. Oh. <laughs> he's playing tennis, but just enjoying. So he's not good. Everybody, everybody say, oh, no, no. I mean, he's good. He he can play with me. He can practice with me. But I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna think he's gonna play professional. You know, he's just enjoying. But now that you're top fifty and you're making like lots of money, now you can hire him as a hitting partner. 
Yeah, I yeah yeah I could do this. Uh, maybe yeah when he finished the school, we're we're gonna you know I'm gonna pay him <laughs> <laughs> because I think he's not gonna come for free. <laughs> no 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 no. no. <laughs> and you probably pay him anyway because I'm sure he calls you and says, hey sis. Can you pay my cell phone bill? Or can you send me some money for food in college? Did you get those calls yet? Yeah, he asked me, was always present, you know. Uh, can you buy, please, me an iPhone? <laughs> <laughs> can you do this? Can you do that? But I, I, I love him, so for me it's just, just nice to do present to him. Yeah. <laughs> so let me ask you, because... Yeah, I've watched you sort of kind of go up with the ranks, even like before COVID, your ranking like slowly increase. And, you know, I always tell people like, first you get to like 106 in the world. Then you're like, okay, I can't wait till I get to top 100. Then you get to top 75 and then you get to top 50. And when you get top 50, like everything improves. That's why I said now you can pay your brother. Yeah. So <laughs> tell me about like those levels. Tell me about your experience of getting like to those different levels. Uh yeah, at the beginning when I entered in top 100 was, I mean, tough for me because I believed that I could play in top 100, but like not really, you know, sometimes I believed this, sometimes no. But then I started to work with a um, video analysis uh, coach, yeah, to improve to, uh, the R-Courts game because I was playing good on the clay courts, but I was doing bad on hard courts. <laughs> and most of the tournaments are on hard courts, so I couldn't do many points, you know, on, on the R-Courts and it was tough to increase the ranking. And yeah, I worked with this uh, video analysis last uh, year, and from that I think I believe more in myself on, on the R-Courts, and I think that was... Uh, the, the, the change, you know, to, to get into, into the top 50. And yeah, now it's, it's easier because you are in main draw most of the tournaments uh, with good prize money. And yeah, it's, it's, it's easier and funnier also. <laughs> <laughs> so I always try to ask people like, so what changed, right? Because at 106, or like outside of top 100, like we're sharing rooms. Yeah. We're like uh, eating at the site, at dinner. We're not like, you know, looking for fancy restaurants. <laughs> so what changed? And then you see the teams get better. So like if you're like below 100, maybe you don't have a physio and a trainer and a coach, right? Too many people. Now when you get top 50, we start to see moms and dads show up. The brothers come, <laughs> the coach, the physio. Now it's like eight people, like, like it's a big party. So what was the difference in like now where you are yeah. versus when you were below 100? Uh, yeah, of course, you, you try to invest more in your team. But, you know, I think I also before when I was 100 and yeah, 10, 106, 100, I don't know, I was trying to, to do things good. So I was traveling always with the fitness coach and the, the coach most of the times. But yeah, probably you know that you earn more money, so maybe you are more relaxed, you know, to choose the restaurant or yeah, choose the hotel. Uh, yeah, sometimes maybe fly in business, but yeah, 
I, I don't do this often because I'm short, you know, with COVID, the planes are always empty. So you can relax. <laughs> I'm short. It's fine also in economy for me. <laughs> I prefer to spend money in other ways, you know, instead of me business class. But sometimes uh, it's important also to travel, to travel good, to be ready at the tournament and compete well. So some people have a rule. So I know some guys, they're yeah. like, okay, if I make it to the semis, we all fly business or okay. first class. So, you know, maybe you got to like come up with a rule. Like, okay, if you get to the semis, then you get to fly business. My coach told me this yesterday. <laughs> yeah. He told me, oh, if you do semis, you can, I mean, fly back in business. <laughs> and I say, okay, but I, I don't know. <laughs> or maybe I save the money and buy a purse, right? So <laughs> yeah, I, I prefer, yeah. I, I think I'm a money saver person. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because you never know, it's better to save money and <laughs> then you can spend money. <laughs> so let me ask you, so when you started making it and you started feeling comfortable, yeah. what was the first kind of big purchase you made? We were like, okay, I think I, I have a little breathing room, I want to treat myself. I think uh, to live alone, to rent a house, yeah, because I, I, I wouldn't go before, I mean, when I was 22, I, I loved to, to have my house, but I wasn't sure I, I'm gonna make it with the money, you know? But when I get into, into the top 100, I decide to, yeah, I can, I can have a house, I can rent a house. And you know now I have a better house than when I was <laughs> when I was top hundred. That's true. But yeah, I think that's that was the first uh, important thing that I invest on. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't like a Gucci bag. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, mm, yes, I have. I bought an Yves Saint Laurent bag, uh -huh. but for me, it was more important the the house. Yeah. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. So... We talked about like what it was when it was like, you know, when you were outside of the top 100. Yeah. And when you look at like Italian tennis players now, there's so many. You got Sinner, Berrettini, yeah. yourself, Trevisan. Yeah. I mean, uh, Ronzetti is like so many people. So what happened where there's like all of a sudden this Italian explosion? Was there like uh, a pathway that they found you guys at six years old and put you all on? Was it um, they gave you all money when you were outside of 100 to support your training, your travel? What happened? Yeah, I think the yeah the federation always support us. Uh, you know, um, we play Fed Cup and they support us. And yeah, I think they they did a great job, especially with the the men's. And yeah, we're they are pretty much yeah they are like 10. I don't know in the top 100. Maybe now not 10, but still they are many. You know. And they played really good. Uh, with the women, we 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 had very good players like Schiavone, Pennetta, Rani. But when they retired, nobody was in the top hundred. Maybe just Georgie. Mm. And I think for me, Trevisan wasn't easy, you know, to 
to get into the top 100 because just one player was there. And I think it was, was a little bit tough, but now I think we, we are in a good position, you know. We are four in the top 100 and I think Cocciaretto, she's a young player, but she has just a sur surgery in the knee, but she was already um, 130. So I think he, she's going to be back in top 100 soon. So I think now, yeah, we, we can do really great uh, results, yeah. So you talked about how like you were earlier in the career, you were kind of unsure, right? Yeah, yeah. So you were saving money, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? So tell me about like your first big win. And then I'm going to ask you about the first match where you like kind of got your ass kicked and you were like, oh my goodness, I don't know if I'm ready. Yeah. Uh, I think for me it was really important the match with Azarenka in US Open. I lost that match, but actually it was the first match that I played really good on hard courts. And I lost that match, but I f felt very good on court, you know. And then after the US Open, I played Porto Rose at 250 and I won the tournament. And yeah, for me, it was a really important period, you know, Ten because I felt that my level was was good, actually. and. Yeah, because I'm, I think, a person that has to be sure about uh, her level, you know? I have to be sure about my level. And then when I'm sure, I kind of, uh, I feel that this level is mine, that I have, I, I need to be, yeah, sure. If not, I'm going up and down, up and down. <laughs> <laughs> So tell me about a match where you were like starting your career and you played and you were like, oh my God, that's like a different, I didn't expect that. That's like made you question. Tell me about that. Everyone has like that match was like, oh my God, this person just like killed me. So many. <laughs> <laughs> so many. Uh, I remember actually with Iga Sviontek in Prague was a, I think 80,000 or 60,000, but I don't know. She she. Uh, won just Wimbledon Junior in that time and yeah I was impressed because she was hitting the ball hard and early and I was like mamma mia she's so strong <laughs> <laughs> and she's just a kid right yeah uh, she was just a kid yeah and I was impressed yeah I was impressed but now we know <laughs> why I was impressed <laughs> yeah. well, I don't feel so bad anymore she yeah. became number one in the world yeah right? yeah so let's pretend that they made mixed doubles a thing at like, you know, Indian Wales, Miami, some of the bigger events yes. outside of the Grand Slams. Who would be your dream mixed doubles partner? But you can't say Rafa, oh, okay. Roger, and Djokovic. Somebody else. Hmm, I don't know. I don't know, maybe an Italian guy, maybe Sinner, yeah. He's gonna serve fast and return fast. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. I would love to play with all the Italian guys. They are funny, funny guys, good guys. They play very well. So I think it's gonna be, yeah, nice doubles. But maybe it's gonna be also the funny doubles with Opelka. <laughs> Opelka? Yeah, he's so tall, I'm so short. <laughs> You won't have to volley because the ball won't come back, right? Yeah, yeah. 
Maybe. The, yeah. the, the girls are at the end, they're like, please don't make their turn. Please don't hit the ball to me. I don't want to volley. So yeah. Pelka, it won't come back. With center, the ball might come back. You know, there's a service big. Yeah. <laughs> He's so thought. <laughs> and you're right, like in the mixed doubles, you need the guy to like take the edge off and like let you know it's okay if you miss. Yeah. Right? It's okay yeah. Negative, right? Yeah, yeah. I need this. If not, I'm getting nervous, you know? And you're sweating. You <laughs> yeah. know, that, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, it was finally nice to hear your voice. I always talk about how I see you and you like say hello with your eyes <laughs> and like you lost your, like breathe. <sighs> right? So it was nice to hear your voice. So now I expect to like when I walk past you, you can say, hi. See, I'm going to say hello. Right, right. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been the Tennis.com podcast. I'm your host, Kamal Murray. And we have been with Jasmine Pialini, a rising star on the WTA tour. Thank you. Bye-bye. Our next guest is David Witt, fresh off a great run by Jesse Pagula, who is a late bloomer, you say, plagued by injuries, committed to the game, like the ladies on our last episode, through all the injuries and all the tough times, stayed committed to the game, showed that she was in love with the game. And David Witt has been the guy behind her, helping her maximize her potential and continue to have a great career. We had a chance to listen and talk to Dave, not only about Jesse Pagula, but also about Richard Williams and the Williams sisters. Take a listen. Welcome to the Tennis.com podcast. I'm your host, Kamal Murray, and we are here with the man, the myth, the legend, David Witt. How you doing? Good, brother. Thanks Good. for coming on. Absolutely. So you're one of the guys that when I look in your eyes, either after a win or after a loss. On my side, I know you know what I'm feeling. We're thinking the same thing. We're thinking the same thing. We can't say it out loud, but right. we're thinking the same thing. <laughs> and then we see each other at the bar and it's like, you know, holy shit. You know, it's, yeah. it's just sharing each other's pain. So you had the chance to work alongside Richard Williams and be coaching over multiple decades. So since this is the year of King Richard, what was it like to work alongside Rich Williams? Because you know, you got famous tennis parents, big personalities, you know, you got Coco's dad now, you got, you know, Vintage dad, you got a bunch of parents. What was Richard like to work alongside? He was great. I mean, we always got along, he was respectful, you know, we kind of both did our own thing, but you know, he was funny. I, I mean, I heard stories that, you know, he'd tell me just every day waking up, he'd be tired and this and that, but he'd always have a story and uh you know, just being at the tournament, just seeing how he was. He was a superstar, you know? People want his autograph, and he'd, you know, be talking to people, and uh, super nice around the courts and everything, but it was fun. Did he let you drive the ship, or was he kind of like the captain, and you were like, hey, by the way, we should be thinking about this? You know, I'm not really one that needs to drive the ship, you know? It's just like, kind of laid back, and, uh, you know, I'd throw my two cents in there, here and there, and. Uh, you know, I, I always see myself as a coach, so I was hitting, you know, for X amount of years and kind of throwing my two cents in, and he was kind of running the ship, and we're going to do this drill, and we're going to do that <laughs> drill, and then every once in a while, Vina's like, I don't want to do that drill, and I'm like, all right, I guess we're not doing that drill, right. you know, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think it kind of, you know, eventually got to the point where, you know, he wasn't traveling as much, and I kind of took more of a role of that uh, you know, coaching and, you know, taking over practices and stuff. But, uh, yeah, it was good stuff. 
Now, I've had the opportunity to coach a player when she was 22, and now she's 29, right? And it's very different. 22, you're kind of like dictating a little bit, right? Driving the bus, and now at 29, it's kind of like, okay, what time you want to practice? Yeah. Is that sort of similar to how you do it, Venus? Because last couple of years, you already get the Venus seem like, oh, she was just floating, she was just doing her thing. I think it's, yeah, definitely when they're younger, you're kind of like, okay, we need to do this, we need to hit twice, we need to work on this, and then it turns into like, you know, do you want to hit twice? Do you want to, you know, if they're driving, you're kind of like, this is what we should do, you know, and you kind of get the answer pretty quick, or you get a stare, and okay, we're not going to do that, so, um, but it's definitely changed, you know, um, you know, working now, working with Jessica Pagula, and it's changed, I mean, she's, hard worker, young, you know, has got that, you know, she's got a little, you know, she's had some success, so she's been there and now, now she's hungry. She's even hungrier because she's gotten a little piece of, you know, what, that uh, winning tournament and doing well, so it's kind of, it's different, yeah. Yeah, when, when, when they listen, they have success and they start listening more. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like when, when I want to lose weight, it's like it doesn't matter what it is I'm doing, right. if I lose the first five, ten pounds, I want to keep doing that, whether, you know, that was the right thing to do or not. But, uh, yeah, Jessica's great, so. So how'd that come about? Because, you know, I, when I, you know, travel on tour, my wife gives me tons of stuff, right? Oh, I'm at home with the kids, you're out there living your best life. And I always say, it's not quite living my best life. It's like... 24-7 work, right? Yeah. So, you know, you stop with Venus, I'm like, okay, David's gonna finally be able to sit at home and chill and relax, and then you pop back out again. Do you, do you, was that a decision? It was like, eh, maybe I wanna stay home for a little bit? I did for like four months, and then it's like, <laughs> I think it's kinda time to get a job, you know? You need to start getting on the road again. But, you know, my kids were younger then, so it was tougher to travel. And now, you know, instead of, Hey, when are you coming home? They're still asking for that, you know, the money. They just want the money now, you know. <laughs> but, um, you know, yeah, it's a little easier to travel, but it was funny because all your friends would always be like, it's like a, you're living a dream. You're living the party. It's party on the road all the time. And I'm like, man, it, it's not like that. Okay, we go to the courts. It's like Groundhog Day every day. You're waking up, two hits, and by the time it's 6, 7 o'clock, you're tired. You just want to get some dinner and, you know wake up and do it again. So what about Jess made you come out, right? Because for me, it was like I was at home. I was like, eh, if I go back out, it had to be a special opportunity, yeah. right? Or the same person. Right. I think, you know, being away, I kind of got hungry again. I wanted to kind of get somebody young, you know, that was going to kind of be that sponge that, you know, wanted to learn and, and we could kind of, you know, learn together and, you know, talk it over. But, um, you know, I think I got a call from uh, somebody that worked for her family that, you know, I haven't talked to in 25 years. And I don't even go on Facebook. And he Facebook messaged me and said, you know, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, I'm kind of looking for a job. And he was like, you want to come down and kind of do like a little trial thing? And went down and we just, the chemistry, we got along, you know, it was two weeks and it just clicked, you know. And I thought she worked hard. I thought she had potential. And, uh, you know, that kind of like made me hungry, made me motivated and wanted to do it. I always laugh at when it's a trial because the player thinks it's a trial. And the coach is also like, I'm trying it out too, see if I like it. You're it's just, just praying they win a few matches during that trial. Right, right. Because <laughs> it helps you in negotiating power, right? Right. If they, if they lose a few matches, it's probably not going to go. That's right. <laughs> 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So you've had the opportunity to coach in two decades, right? Early 2000 teens, right? And now 2022. What do you think the difference is, if there is a difference between then and now? The depth is, I think, a lot stronger. Um, girls are stronger, you know, uh, hitting the ball harder, that's for sure. Um, you know, there's not many easy first round matches. I mean, you got to come to play. And if you're not feeling great, you're not ready to play, you know, you might be uh, going home the next day. And, <laughs> and I think back, you know, back then it was, you know, Venus and Serena, they were so dominant, you know, it was like you didn't even have to worry to the quarterfinals. And, you know, it got tougher and tougher and tougher over the last 10 years. And I just think it's now it's like, you got to come and play your best tennis right away first round. So. I mean, they're like bigger, stronger, faster, hitting the ball big. Yep. And I think as a coach, one of the disadvantages to like a, a seasoned player is the younger players are better earlier in the process and they play fewer matches on like, let's say, Hawkeye court. Sure. So it's much harder to scout right. a young player. And right? they're fearless. And they're, they're fearless. fearless. And your player's old veteran and scared to death to be the one to lose to this little kid. I haven't seen this player, you know what, and you know, that's when we got to come up with some type of game plan. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully it works and they'll look over, you told me to do this and it's not working, you know, their backhand's better, but probably the fearless part of it, you know, you get the, the young girls that come out there and they're in, you know, good shape. I mean, they're hitting strong and they're just, they have nothing to worry, they're just, their ranking's not up there, so they're not worried about defending points and, and winning, so they're just cracking the ball, going for crazy, un, you know, unrealistic shots, and they're making them, and, uh, you know, that's what can make them dangerous. Yeah, and the players look at you like, you didn't tell me she could do that. I'm like, yeah, she's going to make that two out of ten times. Right. It's not like a, something I would write on a exactly. scouting report. Exactly. <laughs> so I noticed that Venus, when they could have on-court coaching, she never used it. No. What was that? What was that decision like? Did you say, "Hey, Venus, you know, some of these matches are getting a little tougher. We're getting a little older. Maybe you need a little help making it out of one or two. Yeah, they were like, I could count on one hand that she maybe used it, and uh, I would always be like, "It's free information. You can take it, use it. You can throw it away, <laughs> let it go in one ear, out the other. But it's free information." But um, you know, they got it. They got away with that, which the on-court coaching, which I think was probably a good thing just because, you know, you're trying to have like a, uh, like a good conversation with your player and here they got you mic'd up, your own TV, your player's frustrated, they probably want to cuss at you or what's going on, <laughs> you know, and it's on TV and you can't have a real conversation with your player. So it's probably good they got rid of that and now you can pretty much coach, you can say stuff from the sides, but it still isn't that like, you know, okay, here, we got right. to do this a little more and that a little more and have a nice conversation. So, uh, but yeah, she didn't use it too much. Right. It, was, it was more like, I'm going to do this my way and I'm going to win my way. And if I lose, 
you know. It's still your fault. It's right. still my fault. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you gotta you gotta take the yeah, for sure. You take the loss. That's right. <laughs> well, this has been uh great. I mean, obviously we get a chat chance to chat all the time, but it was great to have you on the show. I appreciate you. Good luck with your player, except on the days you play us. I think you owe me a drink. That's for, right. I think you owe me a drink for Miami. I do, I do. That week and I did. Yep. So dinner's on you. <laughs> All right. Anytime. Thank you, brother. All right, thank you.